welcome to Friends at Film Camp, <laughs> the podcast where two friends gab by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Janine. And I'm Luke. And today we're very excited because the strike is over. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so exciting. They seem to have gotten a pretty good deal. Also very exciting. And so we finally get to talk about Barbie. Barbie. Directed by Greta Gerwig and written by Greta Gerwig and her husband, Noah Bombat. Stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and is about Barbie. We saw Barbie in theaters when it came out, which was right around the start of the strike. Yes. Um, the start of the actor strike, not the writer strike. And we were the first, we were some of the first people. To oh see yeah, it. didn't we see the preview? We saw the Thursday night like four, we I think we saw the second screening of the preview. So yeah. the four p.m. preview, and we saw the seven p.m. one. So we were very excited. We made a whole roommate night. We got dressed up. My fire. friend from abroad was here, so she came with us. We it's, got balloons. <laughs> we did get balloons. We I got, forgot about the balloons. We got a bunch of pink balloons, and, and then, then we one. got very drunk after. At least I did. Yes. <laughs> um, I was putting sugar in my drink. To make it pink. It's like pink syrup. And I don't normally have sugary drinks. And I think that's why I got drunk so fast. Yes. But we're not here to talk about how <laughs> drunk you got. We're here to talk about Barbie. The most successful movie of the year. The most successful movie of the year. That in spite of all the potential hate. And the complete underestimation by everyone in Hollywood. Blew every potential projection of it out of the water. Remember. Tom Cruise. Had yes. his movie come out the week before, uh-huh. and he tried so hard I and was, I was successful really for a bit about getting Barbie kicked off all its premium screams. Yeah. So Mission Impossible could have them for a second week. Yeah. Because Oppenheimer had already secured all the IMAX screens, so mm-hmm. there was just the Dolby left. Sorry. And Tom Cruise did successfully get them to kick him off, although Barbie did so well that Dolby undid the commitment and gave them back to Barbie. Mm, That's cool. I didn't know that. Because Barbie was doing... Barbie's projections, when it was coming out, started very low. Mm. Because Hollywood was like, it's the girl movie. Yeah. And then they were like, again, and Oppenheimer. And then Barbie's projections went up and up. Like, every day they'd send out, be like, hey guys, we actually did the math and we have new numbers. And they kept going up and up and up. And then eventually it just kind of became this ginormous thing. Barbie was so smart in marketing. And it's also so interesting because I think the brand of Barbie has been kind of going down in relevance. And that's sort of like saying, like, oh, when McDonald's is going down in relevance, like, it's still very prominent in our culture. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's not the same as when other brands are, like, less relevant than they used to be. But this has really, really skyrocketed Barbie back into the minds of everyone. And Greta Gerwig had such a difficult line to walk with this movie. Yes. And it is insanely impressive how she does that i remember saying after i saw the movie and i think it was in one of the ads like if you love barbie you're gonna love this movie and if you hate barbie you're gonna love this movie yes 
it, the film manages to be irreverent and reverent at the same time. Yes. Which is actually insane. Like, I think that as someone who's in sort of, like, fancy art media courses, I think when I talk about Barbie, which I do sometimes, <laughs> there's a little... I, 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 I feel a little bit of judgment sometimes. Um... But I'm unabashed that I think it's an amazing movie, and it's like so. I I'm so impressed that she managed to do what she did, and I think it's it does a lot of things that's also extremely like I I don't like the term high art, but it's engaging in a lot of like complex references to like film to filmmaking these like old school things. Do you remember like a good few years back when um. What was that movie that was, like, a silent film? And it the won Artist. The, yeah, and it won the Oscar and stuff. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. I didn't like that movie because the main character was an asshole. Yeah. And every, everyone was just focusing on how it was, like, ah, silent movie, so cool. But the main character was an asshole, so I didn't care about the movie. Anyway. So... <clears throat> It reminds me of that film and how it's it's referencing these, like, old film techniques and things like that. Um, and it's very um, Singing in the Rain. Uh-huh. We, have a, we have a lost episode of Singing in the Rain, which you guys will see at some point, that we recorded. Uh, we recorded it when the strike started because we didn't know the rules of the strike. Yeah. And then we learned it and we realized it kind of... It was crossing the strike rules. We just didn't release it. So we have that in the bank. And I was so glad that we had seen that because this movie makes so many references to that. And something we talk about that in that episode is that Singing in the Rain has so much vamping in a way that's very unusual for modern movies. And I don't think Barbie does as much vamping, which I think is good because I actually think Singing in the Rain does too much vamping. But this idea, like... Um, I'm just Ken. That there's like a sequence, the dancing sequence that's very obviously referenced to Singing in the Rain. But going to that completely like fantastical different area and stuff, it's it's just so interesting. Yeah. Uh I just liked <laughs> just liked the movie broadly. Uh Probably my favorite aspect of it is production design for yeah. Barbie Land. Uh, the way it's they were so able to well out. build out Barbie Land so that you can really feel like you're there. Yeah. Is very well done. And like not having water and how they've physically built everything and you can feel the texture of it, you know? Yes. Um and I think I was telling you about like they made the houses like the scale is off. The houses are slightly too small. I think it's like twenty five percent too small or something for the people, because that's how like the dollhouses. I think the difference is more, but they obviously practically needed to have actors actually like in the house, mm-hmm. uh, so they had to be able to fit inside of it. <laughs> but so effective, and I think something that I saw in a Greta Gerwig like interview or something was that she, they wanted to be authentically inauthentic 
Yes. And that was sort of the approach. There is a lot of Greta Gerwig interviews because she was the only one legally allowed to promote it at the time. We saw it. And she was only able to talk about it from a directing standpoint. Yeah. Which was difficult for her, I would imagine. Well, we saw, like, a little bit of the buildup, which was also so exciting um, before the actor strike hit, where, so we got some Margot Robbie looks that were amazing, which was also such a relief with this film that it coincided with her getting a new stylist. Because if you're in the styling realm, <laughs> everyone had made enemies with Margot Robbie's stylist, because Margot Robbie is a gorgeous woman, and she just always underperformed on the red carpet like it was just always disappointing and for the barbie red carpets they were like turning looks out and it was so exciting to finally see her like show up with these amazing outfits and then have them be such fun references to barbie like i think that's something that's like so nice about this movie that despite all the like complex things it's talking about and dealing with and how it's balancing being a movie about a consumer product Mm -hmm. that needs to at the end of the day still be approved by Mattel I assume to be able to use it sort of but yeah so it's balancing that as well so you say there is, it did seem that whenever Mattel agreed to do this version of the movie, because uh-huh. they went through a lot of different versions. Mm-hmm. There was Mar, there was Amy Schumer, there was Mar or Anne Hathaway, and then there was Margot Robbie. Anne Hathaway was going to be Barbie. Yep. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it wasn't as widely publicized. Mm. But I like Anne Hathaway. I I don't. I feel like that wouldn't have been as good. No. Well, that's the thing. Amy Schumer and Anne Hathaway both have very distinct styles that work for them. Uh-huh. Amy Schumer does like classic crass humor style uh-huh. Anne Hathaway kind of has found a new calling as playing like arrogant divas I don't think either of those styles would have worked well for what Barbie is yeah maybe they were gonna do something different mm-hmm. but because we obviously don't know what that version is a movie being rewritten since 2010 mm-hmm. stop it <laughs> I'm feeling really cocky why? Because you were always telling me that Margot Robbie doesn't make money at the box office. I have a point to make with this. But now she does. I'm going to bring up She my... did it. Okay, can you please be... This is what I'm saying. You can't ever... I have something I want to say. <laughs> and you won't let me say it because you want to brag. <laughs> you want to brag to me about my thing that I'm about to uh, talk about. Okay. Can I talk about it now? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. Are you going to keep doing that silly <laughs> smile? Maybe. Hey, this movie I've been written since 2010 and had three different major stars attached. Mm-hmm. The reason that this one finally took shape mm-hmm. was when they cast Margot Robbie, she didn't just come on as an actress. She came on as a producer. Mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie, I will always say this, is a way... Margot Robbie a great, is a really good actress. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie is a great producer. Mm. She did stuff like Promising Young Woman. She produced that? Yes. I didn't know that. I knew yes. she was part of producing Tanya, Tanya Harding. I'm, I, Tanya. Yes. And I find Margot Robbie 
typically is bad, though. Or not bad. Margot Robbie likes to create movies where Margot Robbie could play the lead. Mm -hmm. Understandably, Margot Robbie has an acting career. Yeah. I'm grateful she didn't cast herself as the lead in Promising Young Woman. Yeah. That would not have worked. Yeah. This movie... I think having Margot Robbie take the lead in a business side is what made it work. Because it was her idea to get Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And I think that was quite clearly the the key ingredient needed in this movie. Yeah. I have an interesting topic. Okay. I don't know how it's going to go. Because okay. you're going to get upset. I am? But this movie is very much a girl movie. And I'm not saying that in the sense of it's only four girls or anything. This movie is just unabashedly... Feminine. Feminine and f- very female gaze, female direction. Mm-hmm. And this past weekend, Marvel released The Marvels. Yeah. Which I would agree, which I actually felt was quite similar to Barbie. Mm. Both in the sense of structurally, both have one musical number. Yeah. Both have a famous award winning blonde lead actress mm-hmm. uh, playing the titular character. Uh, but the Marvels is crashing and burning. Yeah. And Barbie didn't. Mm hmm. And I think there's a wide variety of reasons. There's never one reason for anything. Mm -hmm. But I have want to know your opinion. Mm -hmm. Because. And I'm going to ask. You put your business hat on. Which you hate putting on your business hat. Yeah. You do. I do. Ryan Gosling, I think, was the key difference. And the key for the success. Okay. Of Barbie. Because Margot Robbie as Barbie and Greta Gerwig made a good movie. But Ryan Gosling made it accessible to the wider audience. Not in terms of him specifically, but Ken. Okay. And the use of Ken. And having a prominent male role in the movie. Okay. Because men are insecure. Mm -hmm. I believe this. Yeah. (laughs) Men are insecure in a way that... Uh, women aren't when they co- when it comes to go seeing movies, I find. I mean, we saw that. It's it's kind of hilarious when you watch Barbie and you've seen the um, sort of alt-right dudes uh, who with their podcasts and they've been like really mad at Barbie. And they're like, Barbie says all men are stinky. And it's really funny because when you watch the movie, like... The moral Ken, of the story. Ken literally tries to, like, throw a coup and instate the patriarchy. And the message for him is, you don't need to put your identity in me. Like, you are enough by yourself. That is his growth story. It's, the main message of the story. You don't need st- to be defined by me or or any superficial thing you are enough by yourself and it's like (laughs) that's such a kind message and it's a very feminist message for men like if you ever 
I mean, it's kind of, it, uh, it gets tiring to say, but the patriarchy sucks for everyone. And it is like, it's, you know, <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it so, is funny that that is the message of the movie, but as a result of the patriarchy existing in the real world, mm-hmm. Ken being equally prominent in the marketing like every shot of Barbie, there was a shot of Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think allowed it to go. It was allowed it to go beyond the typical "this is a girl movie" audience into what I think was the box office widening. Um, I mean, it's possible. I I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like. But I can here's see the- where you're coming from, and I also think I think the key to it too is that Ryan Gosling's really funny. Yes, the movie being he's really funny good. in the role. Yes, and he's also funny in a way that is good to show in a trailer mm-hmm. and in marketing. Yeah, like the way he's funny, which I also think was a problem with the Marvels, is that the Marvels was not shot in a way where you can show a lot of cool stuff in a trailer. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie was. Uh, I just think it's interesting because so often the girl movie mm-hmm. or any, you could put this for any diverse thing. Yeah. The gay movie, like bros. Yeah. Yeah. They just kind of, they seem to kind of always crash and burn mm-hmm. when they get, like they get these big releases and they market them as like, this is the, well, this movie. But the reason I don't think Barbie got stuck there is because I think she did use one, she made a really high quality movie, mm-hmm. and two, she used a business hat and made sure insecure men would be able to watch it. Well, I would also say that I think it has a lot to do with marketing as well. Like, if you think about it, um, the Ghostbusters remake and Charlie's Angels 2019, those both got branded as girl movies. Yes, and you know, I don't, I've never seen Charlie's Angels 2019, but theoretically. Oh, I've seen it. Theoretically, Ghostbusters, they had... um, Chris Pine. No, not Pine. Chris... uh, Hemsworth. uh, Hemsworth. And he was funny. He was playing a himbo, and, to spoilers, he turns into the villain of that movie, right? So, it's it's not a huge role. It's significant enough they could have put him in the marketing. People... But But, people didn't like how dumb he was. uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but people, I mean, the insecure man was like, why'd you make the man dumb? But this is the thing, is that those made, and bros did this as well, because in the marketing, they marketed themselves as, we are a this movie. Yes. For bros, it was the gay rom-com. For Ghostbusters, it was the female comedy, right? And then it became a social thing that was like, if you are against us, you are against the gays or women. And also seeing this is a feminist act or whatever. And I just don't think people respond to that very well. Normally, people do not like to be shamed. People do not like to go to a movie because they feel they have to go to a movie. And because... And then it it creates all of this discourse that doesn't actually have anything to do with the movie. Barbie 
had that happening. It had a lot of people branding it as a girl movie, but Barbie never branded itself as a girl movie. Barbie always branded itself as Barbie. Yes, I would agree with you. Rather than branding itself as, like, this is for the girls, even if you think of, like, the tongue-in-cheek tagline of, like, um, what was it? This... If you like Barbie, this movie's for you. If you no, no, don't no. like Barbie. It was like, Barbie's amazing and Ken's just can or something. This Barbie. You remember? It was yeah, like the a... posters. Yeah. This Barbie's a president. This Barbie's a doctor. He's just Ken. So even that, which is tongue in cheek and obviously could be interpreted and probably some people interpreted it as like women versus men. Barbie never did that. Barbie didn't say like girls rule boys drool barbie Mm. said barbie's cool and ken's just ken do you know what i mean yes and because they lent into that and they didn't like i'm thinking in terms of ghostbusters or elizabeth moss they've all lent into that branding right like i think elizabeth moss that's not who i mean what's her name elizabeth thanks yes she didn't she hasn't she said that she regrets marketing charlie's angels in the way she did like or positioning it i haven't heard that but i believe that i thought you told me that so i don't remember that (laughs) here i can look it up so i do think that there is an element of that if you make people feel like they need to go to a movie um they don't want to go um so i'm not sure if it has to explicitly do with the fact that she did say that oh yeah According to Variety. So I don't know if it explicitly has to do with the fact that Ken was in the marketing. Um, rather than they just... They made it... They never made... They never implied that you needed to go see this movie or you were bad. Well, I think that was part... That was... I think we're not disagreeing on this. I think part of the way they did that, though, from a branding perspective, was to make sure Ken was very prominent in everything. I'm not sure... I don't... If I think that Ken is necessary in order to market it that way, I, but I think I have a that comparison. it maybe is, was helpful. I have a good comparison. Okay. Which was the 2017 Wonder Woman movie. Which one was that? The first one? The, the good Gad- one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which was also, similar to Barbie, a movie that went through very trucky, very trucky, very rocky development oh, for a long time, yeah, yeah. and eventually like it got its footing, but it was very similar even though it was indisputably Wonder Woman was the lead mm-hmm. of the movie, mm-hmm. Chris Pine and his character and the way they used his role allowed it to escape the, this is a girl superhero mm. and it was just a superhero. I think the reason that that happens is that a lot of men are insecure yeah, and they I mean... don't like the idea of women of uh, quote-unquote women taking over that's like a which famous is stupid obviously quote like in movies like and books and things that women will see stories about men but men won't see stories about women yes um so i don't know i get what you're saying i think it can be done without doing that like if with the right marketing but you're probably right that it, it helped and he I've seen some criticism in terms of people coming away from the movie with Ken being their favorite character and things, but um, because it's like supposed to be this feminist movie and blah, blah, blah. I think that 
Uh, what's his name? Ken? What's the actor's name? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Just, he just does such a good job. And, um, I saw a thing, it was a TikTok from a creator, and I can't remember her name now, but it was before the movie came out, before the strike happened and everything, and she was theorizing that from the trailer, that Barbie was gonna have a heroine's journey. And I think she does. (laughs) What? totally thought you were like she's gonna get like addicted to heroin in the real world it's gonna be all that and ken's gonna have to save her i'm like i don't think that was ever in any script (laughs) no she was gonna say that barbie was gonna have the heroine's journey which is a instead of the hero's journey which is a circle the heroine's journey is kind of a spiral and we all know what the hero's journey there's the inciting incident and then blah 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 and the trials and then they come back home whatever the heroine's journey is a lot less defined. And we really get that with Barbie. And especially, it's much more internal. Especially at the end of the movie. When the 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 girl, the teenager, is like, well, what about Barbie? What's her ending, right? And she goes, I don't think I have an ending. This is very heroine's journey type stuff. I think that's super cool and I love it. Ken gets the more traditional hero's journey. But in a villain way? Well, here's the thing about the movie. People uh, gravitate towards, especially with his performance. So, like, I get why people like Ken, and I, and he's really funny, and I don't think it's a negative response to the movie. No, no. I first off, the Barbie movie, it has like good messaging, good art. It's not that like it's not like this is Oppenheimer. You need to like explore nuances or anything it's not it's not a complex way where you're like if you like this character you're deplorable or anything it's barbie you're allowed to have fun what it's still very it's still talking about very serious things it is i'm saying that the movie never goes in such a way with the things it's talking about where it's like you need to think this way or you need to feel this way or how dare you not think this way Mm. i don't know if i agree with you go on okay The character of Ken, Mm -hmm. from Ken's perspective, Mm -hmm. is that Ken is the neglected side thing. Mm -hmm. The The most simple way to put it is how Helen Mirren does at the start, which is Barbie has a good day every day, and Ken has a good day when he talks to, when Barbie talks to him. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that Ken can have a good day. Which goes to the moral of the movie, which is Ken doesn't need to be defined by Barbie. Ken is allowed to be Ken, and that's allowed to be enough. And But when Ken asks if he can stay over for the night with Barbie at the start, and Barbie's like, what? Obviously no, it's girls' night. You feel so bad for Ken, Mm -hmm. because you know... He just wants to have this relationship with the only person he's been told he's allowed to have a relationship with. Yeah. There is no alternative for Ken right now. That idea doesn't exist for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so you feel bad for him because he's in a neglected neglected one-side relationship Mm -hmm. that just exists. Mm -hmm. And he can't change it. Mm -hmm. He has no agency in this situation. So you feel bad for Ken, which is why, Mm -hmm. and then this is where you can get into the layers of the storytelling is 
Kind of like those people that get into alt-right culture online. Mm. And like those 4chan discords where it's yeah, like... Yeah, it's very much she, a commentary on Where that. it's like, she doesn't understand how great we are. Yeah. And that's where patriarchy gets literally entered into the world. Yeah. And it is funny. It is just broadly very funny. The idea that Ken went to the real world and was immediately like, patriarchy is awesome, guys. Yeah. But then at the end, he's like, I really only cared about the horses anyway. Yeah. I liked, uh, I saw Greta Gerwig, she was talking about how we have so many statues of men on horses. Mm -hmm. And that if you had no context, you could not be sure if the horses were in charge or if the men were in charge. Yes. And that's like where the big horse thing kind of came in, which I thought was really funny. Because it's like, that's, that's the thing is like the layers of thinking that she brings to every decision is like so nice and interesting. Um, I think Greta Gerwig is one of the great directors that we have right now. I think most people would. She's clearly shown with her first, was Lady Bird her first movie? I haven't seen Lady Bird. <gasps> you haven't seen Lady no, Bird? I think that I, is shocking to me. No, Frances Ha, I think, was her first movie. Frances Ha? Yeah, she starred in it, too. Oh. Uh, That's the- See, I don't... Greta Gerwig is nowhere near as good of an actress as she is as a director, and that's not an insult to her acting. It's that her directing is just is that top-notch. I saw her in... I've seen Frances Ha, and I've seen Little Women. And I do not like Little Women as much as most people do. I rewatched it recently. I remember the first time we, we saw it in theaters. You remember? Yeah, it was good. And you thought I was going to love it, and I didn't love it. Well, I didn't. I thought you were going to love it in the sense that you like this more movie style. But I didn't think you would be, like, obsessed with it. Well, you thought I was going to love it? Everyone, like, Disney had called it, like, a perfect movie or something. Disney I, called yeah, you told me this. I don't think Were you I lying could. to me? It was before we walked, went to see the movie, and you were like, yeah, they called it, like, the perfect movie, and that we should go see it. You told me Disney said this. I don't... Disney definitely did not say that. You told me. Because this is released by Sony, so you, Disney did not I, believe it. Well, you were... Yeah, you were like, it's crazy. Even Disney said this. That's what you said. I don't think Disney Anyway. Said, I... No, I'm not going to let you end it with this. <laughs> That's what you said. I did not say that. I think you I, did. I... Why would Disney say this? <laughs> that, that was your point. You were like, if Disney's saying it, it must be good. And I didn't love that one. I actually have a lot of problems with the costuming and... Did <laughs> you have a problem with the costuming? Huge problems with the costuming. Okay, I need you to take a deep breath. I know, it won at the Oscars and that was a travesty. Well, I think what happened at the Oscars... Is they saw an old movie? No, 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 it's worse. What? I think that they were like, okay, so Little Women is our girl nomination this year and we have to give the girl nomination a win. And then the collective conscious was like, well, we should give the girl movie the award for their costumes. Oh because, you know, girl movie. That seems to be what happened with the narrative there. No, I have a huge Which I feel like Greta Gerwig was really annoyed with. And the timeline of the story in that movie. You don't like the out of order? No. I like the out of order. Mm, I don't like it. I if, For me, it makes emotional beats hit less hard. Um, but my point is, is that I'm not even a Greta Gerwig fangirl. I really respect her. I like Frances Ha. I'm not obsessed with it. 
I like... She didn't direct Frances Ha. Oh, okay. She wrote Frances Ha. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Her husband directed it. I was thinking that she... Um, it must have been that she wrote it, that's why. But her husband directed okay. it. So, yeah, she did a lot of movies for her husband. But yeah, my point is, is that um, I'm not even necessarily a fangirl. I haven't seen all of her movies, but... Also, you this want... is immensely impressive, yeah. You want to know what's interesting, what her next project is? Narnia? No. But yes, uh-huh. no. it's the Snow White remake. She wrote it. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. which is getting, the only reason I have because it was getting all that hate, and I remember people were like, "Greta Gerwig wrote it. It has to be pretty good." We think it would be good. I don't know why she'd write a bad Snow White. Yeah, although that movie has that has so much drama going on. I anyway, let's not even get into that because we have to talk about Barbie. Greta... We haven't even talked about the plot. No, but I'm still talking about Greta Gerwig. Okay. Greta Gerwig's next project is directing the Nar- some Narnia films for Wee. Netflix. Wee. And I get the idea that Greta Gerwig seems to want to do, like, an action thing next. Yeah. Which I can respect. I just think that doing Narnia for Netflix Narnia is such a waste of her talent. Yeah. Not because it's not going to be good or whatever, but it's just going to be such a... And here's Narnia, and there it goes. Like, it's not going to make... I don't see it making a big cultural impact. I don't think you can do with Narnia what you can do with Barbie. Yeah. Especially because Barbie's so iconic and doesn't have a story, right? So you really have a lot of creative freedom. Narnia is a story. And it has some iconic imagery and stuff. But it's not at the level of Barbie. And it's so well known already. And and the early 2000s movies were pretty good. So it's like it feels like one of those like, oh, we're doing Spider-Man again. You yeah, know? it's like we just not, did it. Yeah, it'd be kind of like for me if they redid Harry Potter, which they're doing. Which they're doing. <laughs> but like if she was leading that, I'd feel the exact same way yeah. where I'm like, oh, okay. Just because I know she can do more. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to take like, a pit stop here. Your skills are better suited elsewhere. Yeah. I want her to um, like do something in theaters and grand and big budget. But that is not what she wants to do, and I can respect that she wants. She can do whatever she wants. She's Greta Gerwig. So, the actual film of Barbie. <laughs> Which, side note, the costuming is amazing. I love multiple costumes. One thing that they do, especially in Barbie Land, is Barbie will have a dress, and then if she goes to the beach, it's a different outfit, but with the same fabric and style. Uh-huh. It's just altered for the beach. Amazing, pristine, yeah. fantastic. I love it. I love the wigs. The storytelling with the wigs, especially as Barbie becomes more human and her wigs becoming less voluminous and Barbie esque and more like kind of normal hair. Yeah. Very interesting. Love it. I also think the color that they did, amazing. I also love that they give her bangs or side bangs or no bangs, depending. Love it. Amazing. Yeah. This is a movie that you can tell they had a hair person who watched every scene and was like, this is the hair. And they helped with the hair. Which reminds me of actually kind of like Elle Woods vibes. Um, I saw special features for Legally Blonde and they had someone on her hair constantly because that was part of her character is that she has perfect hair, you know? Um, Okay, so the movie starts in Barbie land. Barbie has her perfect day. We get introduced introduced to Barbie Land. 
There's a lot of different <laughs> Barbies in the movie. Yeah. And I'm going to go through them now. You are? Yeah. Okay. So, Barbie Land. We have Margot Robbie as... Stereotypical Barbie. She's stereotypical Barbie. We're just going to refer to her as Barbie. She's main Barbie. She's the main Barbie. Yeah. She's the Barbie you think of with Barbie. Mm-hmm. There's Issa Rae as President Barbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Ship as Writer Barbie. Emma McKay as Physicist Barbie, who I thought was very interesting casting because she famously looks... Similar to Margot so Robbie. similar to Margot Robbie, and there was a point where she was maybe gonna play Lois Lane uh-huh. in the same movies as Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, uh-huh. and I thought that's ridiculous. They would look the exact same. I don't think she looks that similar. I think they look almost identical. People say that. You know how people have face blindness? Yeah. I have like the opposite. I'm really good with faces. Hari Neff as Doctor Barbie. Sharon Rooney as Lawyer Barbie. There's Judge Barbie. Journalist Barbie. Dua Lipa as Mermaid Barbie. Mm-hmm. Dua Lipa literally just has a cameo. Two cameos. Mm-hmm. So she's barely in it. And then... Kate McKinnon's Weird Barbie, but that's different. Oh, yeah. I I'm love... pretty sure Kate McKinnon's, like, third build. I love the... Fourth build. Casual diversity in the Barbies. Yes. It also just makes sense... Barbies do have a lot of diversity, especially now. I think it's sort of a common talking point that Barbies don't. Um, But they have, like, they kind of heard that criticism. And really, now you can get, like, very different types of Barbies. You know what I mean? Um, I love that. And I like that they do it casually. Um, I also love the inclusion of Weird Barbie. We've all had a Weird Barbie. And then there's this one line... That's actually very... It has a lot of layers to it. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about. But one of the Barbies goes, I heard Weird Barbie used to be, like, the prettiest Barbie until she got played with too hard. Uh And now she's the Weird Barbie, right, who's, like, the recluse. And that actually has so much layers in terms of, like, the value of beauty and, like, people talking about their different Barbies and, like, oh, this used to be my favorite Barbie and then her hair got messed up. And so then I could never play with her like normal. And so she turned into the weird Barbie and like the yes. parallels of what that means. So interesting. So much meat with the inclusion of weird Barbie. So smart. Uh, yeah. Weird Barbie. I really liked the idea of a weird Barbie being the Barbie you play with too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it, it does seem that everyone has a Barbie that they played with too hard. And her sort of being like the Oracle or like, the one who knows everything. Also interesting in terms of social structures and things like that. Where it's like, um, as the outcast, you know more. Yes. Especially about the dominating culture. Yeah. Because, she never got influenced by the Kins. Yeah, exactly. Because she was already outside. She had already been treated poorly because of how she looked you know yeah. what i mean like she had, she was already anyway also in barbie land we had midge pregnant barbie <laughs> yeah who we were not allowed to talk about much in the movie the movie was like nope i was telling you about this tiktok i saw with this lady and she was like caressing midge's hair and she was like you weren't just some like weird one-time barbie you were mine and i like almost cried like it was such an emotional tiktok it was crazy so now I'm really emotional about me. <laughs> yes. 
Well, Barbie goes to Barbie has her perfect morning, just like she does every day. Yeah. She goes to the beach, and then Ken. We introduced Ken. He's Beach Ken. His job isn't beach. surfer. His job is not lifeguard. It's, it's just beach. beach. Yeah. And that is a great line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ken. There's a lot of Kens. Now we're going to go through the Kens. Because we might as well just rip off all the cast. There's not as many Kens. Simo Leo is like the rival Ken. Well, there's a lot of Kens. There's not as many named. Or yeah. I guess they're all named. <laughs> you know what I mean. Ken Kensley Ben Adir. Or Kingsley Ben Adir is basketball Ken. Mm-hmm. Nakura Gatwa. Is artist Ken. He's now the doctor on Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott Evans is stereotypical Ben. Ken. 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 Oh, gosh. And then John Cena is a mermaid Ken. Oh, yeah. Who was a very fun cameo. I made a very astute comparison because you were talking to me about John Cena. What did I say? John Cena's like. You think he'd be worse than he is. No, John Cena's like the good version of Matt Wahlberg. Matt Wahlberg? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah. Matt Wahlberg sounds like his accountant brother. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But I didn't say good version, I said something else. The nice version. Yeah. Anyway. The more pleasant one. Um. So Barbie has a big party, which is where we get our first dance number. With the dance that went a little bit viral on TikTok for a while, which was yes. fun. Um, very cute, very disco. And... The Ken, Kens are trying to all show off for Barbie. Uh, this is where you get the Simulio flip. That's fun. And this is where we get her line, like, have you guys... You're right. Have you guys ever thought about death? Yeah. And then everyone's like, what? And you're killing the vibe type thing. And then she's like... I'm just dying to keep dancing. And then the next day is when she has her not perfect morning where her water that's not real is cold and her toast that's not real is burnt and her feet go flat. And so she has to go to weird Barbie. Well, her feet going flat freaks everyone out. Yeah. Uh, uh, So, yeah, she has to go to weird Barbie. Uh, Weird Barbie, basically. Weird Barbie shows her a map to the real world. Mm-hmm. Which this map got this movie in the most. It's funny that this movie's biggest controversy was the props department map. Yes, I wonder who did that map. Whoever I, did it might not have a job anymore. I referenced this map in my computational arts class because we were talking about mapping, and there's this one guy who talks about the importance of a line, huh? and like, as soon as you draw a line, you create. Like, a this side and a that side. And there's, like, a lot of, like, meaning in that. And I was like, whoa, maps, Barbie. Whoa. (laughs) Now, it does seem that the dots on the line are just, like, showing you how to get there type thing. It's not really that serious. Although I didn't, I don't have a good full look at the map. Yeah. Although the problem with this map is that they put nine dashed lines Mm -hmm. in the... South China Sea, mm-hmm. which China has been, been infamously trying to say they own the entire South China Sea. Yeah. And all the countries that, according to the UN, own it, vehemently disagree. And Con- there- some controversial lines. 
These are very controversial lines, and they hate it. And this movie was, I think it still did get banned in a few countries because of that. It's interesting. And then the countries that didn't ban it made them blur out the lot like the it's map it's such like a childish map too like yes. it's interesting because they could have just drawn like a donkey there like and it would have gone with the map you know what i mean like they could have had a picture uh-huh. no they had to blur out the map interesting because of this um it was a big deal and this is when Barbie decides, well, she doesn't decide. She's forced into going into the real world. And Ken is insecure and sneaks aboard. Thankfully, because he brought his rollerblades. Weird Barbie gives her the option, but she decides to stay. And I also really like that. I also really like the constant referencing to different types of Barbies. Like, she's always like, I'm stereotypical Barbie. I'm not adventure Barbie. I'm not president barbie i'm not in charge barbie right um because that's also then another commentary on like labels and labeling things and then that's another thing that the movie is saying it's like stereotypical barbie can do things she doesn't have to be labeled adventure barbie to go to the real world and then they go to the real world and what i love about this is they don't stay there because the trailer for the movie you might remember ends with them in the real world and how many movies have we seen, thinking about Soul? That's a dangerous where We're not emotionally prepared to ever talk about Soul. Where you are in a really cool universe. Magic made up world. And then you leave to the real world. And then you stay there for the rest of the movie. And, and that is what I thought was going to happen. And when we saw this in theaters and they started going back to Barbie land, I was like, thank God we're going back to Barbie land. Because it's such a cool land. That's where you want to be in the movie. Yeah. And the fact that most of the movie actually takes place in Barbie land is like su- such a relief. So genius. Yes. I was glad that we didn't spend that long in the real world. We spend enough time. We do spend enough time. And it's meaningful time yeah like it's not like you don't want to go to the real world but it's like it's so nice to to then bring the movie back this is a part where we can skip ahead a little for time basically barbie goes through a bunch of trials where she realizes she gets arrested uh, twice which i feel like is weird well she basically the whole point she goes through trials where she realizes this world isn't as magical as barbie world and there's a lot more sexism and stuff yeah and she's really having a hard time processing it all. I really like the joke where there's, like, a construction site. And she's like, this should have some nice female energy. <laughs> and then she's, like, so confused. She was like, it's lunchtime on a construction site. What's going on? Yeah. I liked the joke that they had where she was, like, first getting uncomfortable. Uh-huh. She's like, everyone's watching me. But, like, I don't feel like it's in a good way. Mm-hmm. And then Ken is just immediately like, I'll, I feel the exact opposite. I am feeling great right now. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, like, and, and no undertones of violence. And she's like, I'm very much getting undertones of violence. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Them both, like, realizing the differences and processing that was very interesting. Oh, and you noticed this time. So when Ken is here, this is when he gets introduced to the concept of patriarchy. And he's fascinated. He loves the horses and how he's being respected. But the so most... one lady asks him about the time. And he, he reports this back to the other Kens. He's like, someone even asked me the time. And they're like, whoa. And you realized that when he goes back to Barbie Land and he's in his, like, patriarchy mode, he's wearing all his fur coats and stuff, he's got, like, a bunch of clocks on. 
watches. Watches. Doesn't he have like a big one hanging around his neck? I thought. No, I don't oh. think so. He has a bunch of watches on his wrist. Yeah. And at first you're like, oh, to show like toxic maleness. Yeah. Because men, men will wear jewelry, but you have to have it have a function. Well, it has she... to have a function, even if it's not practically functional, like a watch. I also saw Gerwig was talking about her and uh, Kevin, what's his name? Kevin Bacon? No. Her writing partner? No. Okay, Kevin is not enough. Ken, guy? Ryan Gosling. Stop calling him Kevin. <laughs> I don't know his name. I keep forgetting. He's just Ken. Ryan Gosling really liked the idea of 70s um, Stallone being the like epitome of manhood to Ken. Which, uh-huh. I actually saw that they included him in sort of the, there's like a man, a man, a manhood. A like, man montage. Yeah. And he's, he's the last one, which I thought was funny. Cause yes. I was like, oh, that's exactly what you guys were talking about. Yeah. He really does seem to be like, this is like peak masculineness. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's back in Barbie land telling the Kens about patriarchy. Bar- Margot Robbie's Barbie is looking for her owner. Oh, yeah, Where we she forgot. needs to find... I'm telling it now. Uh, Rashida, she needs to tell... She needs to talk with them and figure out why she's sad. And the whole time, we're supposed to believe it's, like, America Ferreira's kid. Yeah. But then we find out it's America Ferreira. Yeah. I really like her. I also love her outfit in Barbie Land. The, like, polka dot top. Yes. And... I love, so you were talking about this too, they do such a good job, because when they first introduced Mattel, you're like, oh, Mattel's going to be the bad guy. Yes. Mattel's not actually that important. Mattel, the company, you when you see the aesthetic, you're like, oh, they're evil. Yeah. But then after a while, you're like, no, they're just kind of soulless. Like, not in a bad way, just kind of like making the product. Do you know what they are? They're nice in the way that, like billionaires are nice yes it's like they're nice but also like to your face and then also like money is more important in the end you yes. know what I mean? well kind of kind of the thing with will Fer- will ferrell's character mm-hmm. who i want to talk about now yeah is they could have easily made him more evil mm-hmm. but especially because as you said like it could very easily be like profits or profits but no, he genuinely believes in the Barbie message. He just believes it in the corporate way. Yeah. Like, very, like, we got to keep our corporate structure style. But when the Kens take over and instead of selling dream houses, now they're selling Dent or Kens Mojo Doja Casa House mm-hmm. or House Casa. Or no, what? Casa House. Casa House. Mm-hmm. And it's just four ways to say home, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're like, one of his executives is like, well, what does it matter as long as we're making money? Because mm-hmm. we're still making money. And he's like, no, did you not? I got into this business for one reason, to inspire little girls. Mm-hmm. And I thought, one, that's funny, because <laughs> it's a f- adult man being like, no, children must be inspired by our dollhouses. Mm-hmm. But also, it did show a level of sincerity. He's very sincere, but it's... It's a clueless sincerity. Will Ferrell... Because like, also, he also shows the effects of our society. Like, when Barbie shows up and she's like, 
trying to find a woman in charge and they're all men and she's like do no women work here and he's like hey i don't like the we had a woman ceo in the 90s and another one so that's two and he calls america for his like writing lady or something like that so there's like there's that that's what i mean it's like there's that banal um evil is too strong of a word but that it's that corporate progressiveness yeah <laughs> where it's, it might not feel as sincere, but it is, uh... He feels sincere... In it. In it, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is a very difficult, like, rope to walk, and it's so effective. We also forgot to talk about Alan. No, no, no. Alan's time is coming. Oh, okay. Alan doesn't become prominent till the later. Anyway, uh, Will Ferrell's casting was really... I don't want to say it's inspired, because he's quite literally played this type of role before. Mm. But it was well done. Mm. This He was well cast. This role uses his strengths well, and allows him the... T- they allow him the room to be funny in the Will Ferrell way, without it going too far. Or, yeah. like, becoming distracting. He's They really do him well. He's very well directed. Yeah. The chase scene is really funny in the place where they're like all running. Yeah. They like run past each other and they scream and run back. And then he's like, oh, I forgot. I'm trying to get you. Yeah. But it it's just really well done. America Ferrera. Mm-hmm. We have to go back to her. Mm-hmm. She saves Barbie from corporate Mattel trying to put her back in the box. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to talk with them for a bit. Uh, they make a joke about uh, her husband. And we find out that that we found out after that that's her real that's her husband. That's her real husband, yeah. and he does really try to learn Spanish all the time. Yeah, and Very it's cute. cute. Yeah, that does explain why they have such good chemistry. Yeah, yeah, I loved it being America Ferrera instead of her daughter, and then I also loved because the- this movie is for adult Barbie fans. Yeah, which I'm glad it was. That was better. That oh is something that we've seen a lot of franchises what's the word uh get scared of mm-hmm. using these old but childlike properties for an adult movie like i'm thinking the 2001 Scooby Doo that was supposed to be a young adult movie mm-hmm. with young adult jokes and then they chickened out and they made it a kids movie and I'm thinking of other examples, but I can't think of them. Okay. I just feel like it's something that they often don't get to the end with. Yeah. And I'm really glad that they did. And then I also really liked um, America Ferrer was so earnest with her her drawings and her ideas. And it makes sense that she works at Mattel. I also like that. Mm-hmm. And then I love the relationship between like her and Barbie. Especially when they first meet. It's very cute. And, like, the filming is, like, borderline romantic. I but disagree. I d- <laughs> okay. It's it's more like you met... It's I saw it more as, like, you met your aunt that you used to play with a lot as a kid. And then, like, you finally see her again. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you're still vibing the same way. Mm, I would say best friends more than aunt. I would agree with that. Okay. I prefer that better. <laughs> um... But anyway, it's all just really sweet, and it's such, like, a good decision. And they're really vibing in a way where you're like, that is your Barbie. Especially with America Ferrera's daughter being super, like, moody and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you first meet her, 
this movie does a lot of swerving away from being annoying, you know? Uh-huh. Like, when you think that they're going to stay in the real world, or when you think that her daughter's going to be the person, and it's going to be about how, like, Barbie has to, like, I don't know, you get know her this... over on her side or something. And it's not that, you, you know? know? what that swerving reminds me of? How it, like, is, like, you thought we were going to zig, then we zagged. For, like, that sort of thing. What? It's going to be the weirdest comparison. Knives Out? No. I was thinking about Knives Out. What? The first Madagascar movie. Oh. That movie does something similar, where the whole time you're like, this is what this movie's going to be about. Mm. And then suddenly you're like, no, it's that. And mm. then it, suddenly it's like, what, it's this now? But, like, it all feels cohesive. I don't remember that movie well enough. Well, I but do. But I believe you. That is what it is. So, I really like her in this movie. And... I will say, I think my main criticism coming out, and this is a criticism I've heard, is that her her speeches to de what's that called? Deprogram. Deprogram the the Barbies are it it, it it's very feminist one on one. But I've also heard the counter argument, which I also agree with, is that a lot of people haven't taken feminist one on one. That is, that is what I would say very strongly. Yeah, like that, the problem is that with a lot of film critics or a lot of prominent people mm-hmm. who are widely attentioned, is that they're all very intellectual, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean they're smart, mm-hmm. but they've taken a lot of classes or a lot of stuff. So I think a lot of people who talked about the movie in professional settings. We're like, this is so basic feminist. But you and I both went to university. Mm -hmm. And we both do... I think we both took the first year feminist. Or gender and politics. What was it? Gender Gender studies. studies. Yeah. Class. We both took that. Mm -hmm. And I think we both remember people who they were like, sometimes women are oppressed. And I still remember people going like, what? No. Like, that was like... A little shocking to them. Because they don't have that. Not everyone has the same experience. So sometimes stuff that to other people is more apparent isn't. And it's hard to give. It's hard to have a wide approach that that would perfectly satisfy all. I specifically remember my first year gender studies class being mad. And being like, they think we don't know anything. This is such basic stuff. I can't believe this. And then we had to do, like, a work with a partner. Mm -hmm. And so I turned to the person next to me to work with them for something. And she literally has, like, wide eyes. And it's like, this class is so amazing. Like, (laughs) this stuff is crazy what we're talking about. And I was like, oh, I guess... (laughs) I guess this is a good intro class then, you know? Which is the thing. So I... It is a very intro-feminist speech. But it's capturing the points it needs to it's just doing it within the confines of what Greta Gerwig can practically do in the Barbie movie I would also say it makes sense within the story of Barbies and stuff like they are first year feminism in terms of like in the (sighs) beginning of the movie they think that Barbie solved like Everything. Everything. They think like, that there they, is no problems left because Barbie did it all. They think that Barbie fixed everything and everything's perfect. So, in terms of like these more complex ideas and stuff, like that is where they would be. So it makes sense within that context as well. 
Yeah. I do think she does a really good job with the speech. Mm -hmm. I... I'm not sure how this award season's going to play out. We are probably doing an Oscar month whenever that happens. I think Barbie, I think, I've said this before. I know this podcast is just me praising Barbie, but with what I said before, the tight line that Barbie had to walk mm -hmm. and the fact that it manages to also be so referential to previous Hollywood and Hollywood movies... Mm -hmm. I think makes it the perfect Oscar movie, especially with how popular it was and how fun it was. Can I, can I tell you, uh, I'm been, I'm more into Oscar circles than you are. Mm -hmm. You don't really care too much, no. except for the fact that sometimes I make you care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So from my, it's still very early in awards season, and the actors' strike and the writers' strike really messed up this year's awards season with a lot of people pulling out to next year. Mm -hmm. Like Dune, for example, a lot of people were concerned their movie wasn't going to get, wasn't going to be able to use their talent to promote it. Mm -hmm. So they that's really hard to promote a movie for, say, acting awards. Yeah. It'd be really hard for Margot Robbie to say, I should win Best Actress if she can't go to the shows and do it. Yeah. So that's where the movie, or a lot of them are struggling. So Barbie is still in the conversation in a way in a good way. Mm -hmm. Oppenheimer is also very much there. And now we're starting to see kind of those smaller movies come out like Priscilla and other things which are trying to get in. Heard here's really the good things about Priscilla. Here's the thing though. None of them are clicking. Like Priscilla in, isn't? Priscilla's not clicking I've that well. I've heard such good things about it. And the performances. Yeah, but it's not clicking very well. Okay. Like with awards audiences. It's weird. Now, that doesn't mean it won't click later. Sometimes they just take a while. Anyway. You also don't want to click too soon. Yeah, that's a very hard balance. That is part of the biggest concerns about Barbie, is it came out in the summer. So it'll be a kind of a while mm -hmm. since it'll come out. Anyway, the point being, right now Barbie is going to aim for best picture, mm -hmm. best lead actress. I think lead actress is going to be one of its hardest ones. Mm hmm to get into, mm -hmm. which is disappointing. Margot Robbie's good. Mm -hmm. I think Ken is its strongest asset in terms of awards right now is uh, for supporting actor. That would tell me, if Ken can get in there, that would tell me it's seriously being seen as an awards film, mm -hmm. which I want it to. Mm -hmm. Greta Gerwig might get directing. Oh, she should. Although... Costuming and pro uh, production and then should then percent Barbie is going, Barbie's actually doing something very revolutionary in terms of writing, mm -hmm. how it's doing. It's <laughs> it's nominating itself as an original screenplay. Mm. The Oscars are really weird with what it counts as original and adapted. Because mm -hmm. really, if you're based on anything, they're like, you're adapted. Yeah. Knives Out 2 had to be adapted because it was based on Knives Out 1. Yeah, really weird. I'm like, well, they're stretched. But they're pushing it as original. Yeah. So if it gets in, this could, like, change everything. But I feel like it does have to be original, because I don't know how you could be, like, based on the toy of Barbie. Yeah. That feels, like, a little too much. Yeah. Anyway, I hope, I think it will get in, because there's lots of writing spots. And then most of the technical awards, I expect Barbie to 
have a good shot at getting in. I hope so. Production design, costuming, hair and makeup. Uh, maybe visual effects. I don't know. if Because it didn't do a lot of computer stuff. Yeah. I'm hopeful for Barbie's award. I'm hopeful for Barbie's award chances. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the plot. So they defeat the Kens by playing them against each other. Well, no, you have to... The Kens are going to make the patriarchy permanent with the constitutional change. Yeah. So they need to, like, outsmart the Kens. And Barbie's all depressed. Mm-hmm. So they basically start a revolution with the outcast dolls. Mm-hmm. And America Ferrera does her speech. And then they start... They deprogram them all and they get the Kens... To jealous of each other yeah so they go to war which is where we get the amazing sequence with the i am ken song they fight on the beach which i love they're fighting with like i love how they filmed that too they're fighting with fake weapons they're riding fake horses yeah because they had ryan gosling go normal and then they had everyone else act in slow motion and then they swapped it they did they would also swap it they did both everyone else did normal he went fast and stuff but oh, it was so really great. well done it's to me this is like the pinnacle of what a mus- the best part of a musical is because even when you're like long done with the movie mm. you still remember i'm ken yeah or i'm just ken because mm-hmm. it's so good it's really good it's so fun it's well danced it's well fun simu leo really gets to shine his comedy here mm. we didn't really get much of a chance to talk about him because he's not too big in the movie but this movie really solidified to me he's a pretty good comedian he mm. like He'll exist beyond just his Marvel movie. Like, I can see him in other things in Hollywood. Mostly, like, romantic comedy styles. Mm-hmm. Which I was glad for. Yeah. I like him. Uh, so they win. And Ken... The Barbies win. ...goes and- home and cries. And this is when he tells Barbie that when he found out that the patriarchy wasn't really about horses, he lost a lot of interest. And being in charge was really stressful. And they have their heart-to-heart where Barbie's like, you know, I'm sorry that I neglected you and this is where she's like maybe like you don't need to have your worth connected to me and yeah the whole point to try and give ken enough value just being ken he's just ken but he's also ken he's just ken and that's enough and this is where we have what i was talking about earlier with barbie's ending because ken has the much more traditional ending and then america ferrera's daughter goes what about barbie and Barbie says, I don't have an ending. Very interesting. Um, and then the creator of Barbie materializes, the ghost of her or whatever. And they have a very like emotional conversation in which Barbie decides that she's going to become human. Which they've been building up subtly throughout the movie. Um, especially after she's seen the real world. She's kind of having... Um, both a, a rejection of change, but you can also tell that she doesn't really fit in in Barbie land in the same way. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a nice little like montage of home videos, mm-hmm. which were home videos from the cast of the movie. They like sent in their home videos and that's where she got them, which I thought was a really, really sweet way of highlighting. Mm hmm. The cast and, like, collaborative filmmaking and everyone who's, like, works on a movie. And then, uh, basically, the movie ends with her being human. And it ends on Barbie saying, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Which was a very funny joke. It's a funny joke, but it's also 
like literally the movie ended with that and I was like I need to go see my gynecologist like (laughs) and I think it's so sweet it's such a subtle and great way to destigmatize and make something exciting that is not exciting or that doesn't feel exciting to make it less scary for girls because it's like oh Barbie's excited and of course Barbie's excited She's never done that before, you know? Mm-hmm. So I actually feel like it's so typical of this movie in that it's funny, but it also has a lot of layers. Uh-huh. And then it ends. And this is my one huge nitpick with the movie. They have a remix of that fucking song instead of the actual song. You wanted Barbie just... Girl. Yes. No. The I fact didn't. that Barbie Girl wasn't in this movie it doesn't It is me. in the movie. It's no. the remix. No. I no, don't like it. I, I, I don't sh- like it. Let me talk. Barbie's music is the last thing I think we have to talk about. Because the movie has very well done songs. This is a very well made soundtrack. The particular highlights are Dance the Night, which is their big group dance number. Mm -hmm. I'm just Ken, obviously. Mm -hmm. Be strong for this. People really like the Barbie Girl remake. Or the Barbie Girl song remake. It's doing very well and it's nominated for many awards. Look, I don't like it. Well, others do. I like it. And then finally, uh, Billie Eilish. The Billie Eilish. What was I made for? I like that one. Which I like that song, but because of the Oscars, the Oscars have a new rule that they introduced for the. It was the year that Encanto was, so I guess it was last year's Oscars. I didn't know it was new. It's a pretty new rule, Mm -hmm. and they said they introduced it because Disney musicals would come out. And they'd take almost all the song spots. Yeah. And they didn't like that. They wanted every movie to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I would respond with, the reason Disney's musicals would take all the spots is that Disney was the only one really trying yeah. to do musicals. Mm-hmm. So they had the best songs. And I would say, if your movie has lots of really great music, it's okay if you take up multiple song spots. Yeah. I think that's fine. And I don't like that rule because mm-hmm. what it turns it into is every movie has to submit one song and they almost always submit the end of movie ballad yeah and i'm concerned that they this movie is gonna submit billy eilish's books i made for mm-hmm. and that's not even me saying it doesn't deserve it it's a very well written song mm-hmm. it's just another ballad yeah i don't like all the songs at the oscars being ballads yeah. Especially when I think this movie could get three song nominations very justifiably. Yeah. And then we could have seen Ryan Gosling dancing at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to see Billie Eilish sitting sad. I mean, we could still see Ryan Gosling. They did that with Encanto. But he's not going to do it if he's not going to win it for they it. They did that with Encanto. Maybe. Maybe if he's nominated. But I don't think... I don't see that happening. Anyway... Overall, very good movie. You should go see it. And we are so glad to be talking about movies again. Yay! Although, I will always say, I enjoyed the detour in its own way. But we're probably not going to do that for a bit. Maybe we'll do other detours in the future if we feel it. Mm. But I think we're at movies again, and we're very happy to be back. Yeah. And that concludes this episode of Friends of Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time at the campfire.